Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're talking about NFT market sentiment. We got it in our head that maybe we should be looking at the fear and greed index and chasing down where we might find that as kind of a bit of an adventure. But how are we doing, Andrew? First, like top of the week, what's in your wallet? Have you done anything funny in the in the lands of ransom bits? Uh, no, nothing too much. Been been pretty quiet on the uh, the trading uh, for me. Let me just take a look, make sure I'm not uh, forget <laughs> something that I you know. I love I love the instinct. Go back to your wallet and be like, well, maybe I did it. Uh, let's see, um, just a couple. Yeah, just selling off some some small things that don't mean much. Um, but otherwise, you know, not much going on in trading. Haven't minted much either. You know, it actually seems relatively quiet in uh, just new projects you've been trying to launch. I guess, you know, people know better than to to go for it for the most part. But somewhat surprising. Yeah. Well, I mean, the overall NFT past seven days for whatever that's worth and total sales volume is down about 8% according to CryptoSlam. And, you know, you've had a little bit of a, a revival in pudgy penguins at the high level, you know, breaking in there. I mean, I mean, pretty cool that that happened, actually, because they, they've been coming back from the dead. But, yeah, I, uh, I couldn't stop myself. I bred another horse. Been having a little success now that the token's coming and lending's coming. People have been breeding with some of my, some of my uh, stallions out there. So I'm like, oh, enough to keep the engine going. So that, that's what's new with me horses <laughs> of course always always uh, the stable based economy yes you're always getting ready uh anyway why don't we take a look at some of our our headlines this week there was a uh, a good um dune analytics dashboard going around on some of the uh the biggest uh revenue producers of, of brands brands that have entered the the nft space and this is looking at nike on top with let's see um primary sale million of total nft revenue that's primary sales 93 million another 92 million in royalties so split roughly evenly um well well behind them we've got dolce gabbana with a total of 25 million tiffany at 12 million with their recent uh punks pendant sale uh, the and Gucci, Adidas, Budweiser, but really we see Nike here as coming out way on top. I mean, 185 million versus 25 million for the second. So that's a sizable margin. What's your take here? This is epic. I think Nike came in and just did this so incredibly well. There was a breakdown on Milk Road about their acquisition of Artifact, which was not disclosed, but rumored, call it 100 million-ish. Who knows, right? But it in that ballpark, right? Since the acquisition, Artifact has done 1.2 billion in sales 
paying $185 million in revenue. So even if this is like a, they bought it and now they broke even with the revenue because you're really, remember, you're swapping around digital sneakers on the internet, building up brand equity and credit and making money. If you don't think brands are looking, copying and salivating this, salivating over this, like you got another thing coming, following up, Dolce & Gabbana, Tiffany & Company, which you know we covered here, just simply brilliant positively brilliant. Like, how do we find a bunch of rich people to sell jewelry to? I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the notable sneakers, these are brands. That, yeah. You see these brands all over the place. They're, they're great at branding. Not surprising that they found a way to, to, to make some money here. But Nike, it really is impressive. And you know, I think the difference is that they went native here. They went with a native company instead of just bringing their brand into it. And Big difference. I think that acquisition may have been more for whatever reason, but I think it's paid off handsomely for Nike. Very handsomely. And I think there are others taking notes and that gave us an episode idea. So we're not going to go too far down that road, but uh, yeah. pin it for now. Keep listening. All right. You ready for NFL all day, George? The I NFL's version of Top Shot? I kind of feel like it. I don't know. Might be too late. We'll see what I'm happens. emotionally so drained by by this. But talk talk me through this. What's going on? Yeah, it's it is the the top shot of the of of the NFL. Um, you know, I think that there's obviously Top Shot was quite successful in its own time. Um, hasn't been quite as successful lately, but uh let's see. This is actually from both the union and the league have equity stakes in Dapper Lab. So, you know, there is a, a lot from the NFL that will want to make this successful. They actually have equity in the company Dapper that's putting this out. I'm sure we'll see lots of uh, lots of promotions for this. Uh, you know, if you're watching any NFL games, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I hope it is successful. I hope that at least it doesn't leave people with a bad taste for NFTs. If nothing else, you know, let's hope that it brings collectors into the space in, in a positive manner. The the moment is going to be how much they charge versus how much the value. They come in with value extraction first, which makes me nervous about the NFL because they want to do that. This is dead on arrival. It's simply dead on arrival. And I think it's, albeit inevitable, that the next generation like collectibles are nft based you could be right but at the wrong time and they will be you know watched very carefully as the mlb has i mean at a high order and impressively consistently ruined their entry into this marketplace like beginning middle and end ruined so right. i think yeah but they can know, just, dapper knows yeah. what they're doing though dapper knows what they're doing well, they did at least at one point you know i think it's been less Appearance, <laughs> less apparent lately. Do you think the strategy is copy and paste from NBA Top Shot? I mean, you were in NBA Top Shot so early, right? Um, you know, I don't know, and it was it really surprised me how crazy it got there later. I didn't even stick around for like some of the craziness. Um, you know, I, I think there's some. I think they have learned. They've tried to move to some um, more engagement where you're trying to pick the players who, you know, might have the most assist in a night. And, you know, I think they'll try to do some of this. It's almost a cross between fantasy 
uh, and, you know, and NFTs, you know, trying to collect the right players to get the most points in a, in a given night. Um, you know, so hopefully they can learn and adapt. Obviously, uh, NFL is huge for fitness and football. If you could find ways and to, to put NFTs into that, you know, there may be a, a winner there. Yeah, I did. I don't mention gamifying it, but for sure it is. It is massive. And I could quickly imagine that would be a reason to collect and play games on there and be like, oh, if you've got the diamond edition, you get 90% of the points that this person scores and you get this much. It's, you know, you can turn it into a game that people might actually get into and put up. Um, you know what? You have to be optimistic for this because this brings new people in the market in the same way. I really think that NBA Top Shot brought in the initial renaissance to be fair, of a large swath of people that then rolled into collecting other things and driving up markets and staying later. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's big turnover to, to board apes, even from a lot of uh, top dot collectors. Anyway, we've got, oh, so this is interesting. I see that we've got a noun, a, a full noun, not the little noun, the ones that go for 100 ETH or so every day. One is being auctioned off by Rally, the, uh, let's see, there's a platform for fractionalizing uh rare goods they will have things like in early uh i don't know early mickey mantle card they might have a, a uh, i don't know just a triceratops ske uh, head a skeleton um just all sorts of rare things so i find this interesting because in some ways lil nouns is already a fractionalized version of the nouns in that it is actually a, a noun and it all, the DAO itself owns, I believe, six uh, full nouns at this point. Um, so this is a very different way to go about it. I guess this is for people who want to own NFTs in a way that you can do it without actually interacting with, a, with crypto. Yeah, Rally is a lot of web too in my mind of fractionalized ownership of like Michael Jordan, rookie, blah, 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 these types of real world assets that they can then hold and commoditize. And so, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in how successful this is because, you know, fractional.io, which got rebranded to a name I can't possibly remember because you shouldn't have rebranded to a name that has Sarah. <laughs> Great. Sure. Try, try Sarah tops. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, I think you're right to Sarah, but it's, it's great to see that. And also I'm, I'm pro, uh, I'm pronoun as a, as a, as a huge holder, aspirational holder of little nouns. All right. So we've got Telegram. The CEO has proposed uh, setting up an NFT marketplace or a similar NFT marketplace for usernames. This seems somewhat odd to me. Um, and it would be quite confusing to switch usernames and could really cause a lot of problems. I, I feel like for the most part, social networks try to um, try to ban the, the sale of usernames, but you know, this would be going a different way. And I, I guess in some ways it's not much different than an ENS name. Um, so, you know, interesting. Uh, well, it's a TLD, right? It's a, it's a, a TON domain sale. So it's literally just, they are issuing domain. I mean, you know, it's, there's a lot of opportunity. Like, frankly, when they opened up, uh, the TLDs to whatever you wanted to register for, I think there's a lot of value there yet to be captured as just proven by Dottie's, which, you know, has gone absolutely bananas. 
Uh, and then you mentioned the pudgy penguins. Uh, man, I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, it's been quite the pump. I guess, you know, they did have some news about this. There were execs from uh, Nansen and Meta, uh, Meta, Meta, Meta uh, joining <laughs> the advisory board there. I don't know a lot about what the project, what the goals are of the project. I haven't read much about that other than that these people have joined the team. Pumped the price big time. I think they're up at, they're still up. Well, I'll take a look. I should be careful before I, uh, before I say. No, they, they are up. They are up. They're most certainly. I don't know what the floor price is, but like I said, they did about in the past seven days, 5 million in total volume over 700 transactions. We're looking at a floor of 3.38 right now. So that's a, uh, it's pretty healthy floor. Um, you know, especially considering how we see many, uh, I don't know, maybe one time considered, you know, safe blue chip projects now trending well below that. Yeah. And you remember with Pudgy Penguins, this was the one that the the founders were were young and did a sort of sloppy uh, secondary or third tertiary drop and were clearly just sort of phoning it in a little bit by the end and the community just took it over and and bought them out. And, you know, that can go, you know, obviously hot take one of two ways up or down but it's an interesting opportunity to say like all right community driven and then you professionalize right like let's just be honest you know the fundamentals haven't changed but it's interesting to see something that like at a management level those types of announcements move move numbers and things to pay attention to as you have potential prop like what goes in my mind here is that if you see a project that's potentially looking to pull in like a board or CEO, it's like, it's just itching to have that news drop and then like just sell the news on it. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we move on to our affordable project? Uh, you mentioned this one based on kind of based on some of the news that we mentioned earlier. We were talking up Nike and I was like, we should just talk about what's on my shopping list. It's Artifact, the Nike Dunk Genesis Crypto Kicks. And I've been slowly watching uh, number, number go down, the classic, uh, the, the classic move of catching the knife. So, you know, wear gloves, be careful. But this has been dropping steadily over time. But what I like about this is it is Artifact's Genesis Nike Dunks, right? This is their, if it is in that digital sense, their, you know, Air Jordan 1s, right? That's the original shoe. It can be customized. The floor price is 0.65 right now. It bounced down to 0.5. I've been like sort of watching that floor. Somebody was definitely like of the same mind, like no unique thoughts here, but someone is sort of uh, holding up and giving some resistance at 0.5. Based on my recent experience with Acutar, is like, I'm going to be super patient here. I think I picked this at, I'm going to buy at 0.4 if it, if it bumps there. Um, and then in terms of the actual project, you know, you can dive into it, but look, I had a previous bias last year to things that were like, oh, look at this. It came out in 2017 or it's the first original, whatever, which is fine. However, when things now I realize the air comes out of a market, it's nice to have a multi-billion dollar company behind it and their branded reputation staked on it. So that's where I don't mind maybe shopping as as the market drop. 
Yeah, I like this one too. I've looked at this for quite a while. Um, it's definitely much more in, you know, close to an affordable uh, range at this point. Because it, it, was, it was well over an ETH for, or, you know, definitely over an ETH for a long time there. Um, so nice to see that back down um, where maybe you can get it <laughs> at an affordable price. But yeah, I think that is great a great point that having a, a multi-billion dollar company behind it, you know, that hasn't maybe mismanaged their treasury and left it all, you know, all of their, their funds and ETH and watched it go down to about 25% of what, <laughs> what? that's good. That's good. So, um, nice. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning that one, George. Yeah. Full disclosure. We don't own it. Hell no. And if you see me bidding, don't outbid me, you jerks. All right. Well, let's get to our topic on NFT market sentiment. So I got excited about sort of this idea of what a fear greed index would be for for NFTs. And it's because I see it constantly, you know, kind of bandied about in the, you know, the crypto side, the coin side, like, because, you know, the sentiment move markets, does it follow price? Like, I don't really know. I think they're hand in hand go together, but there is a lot of emotion out there and it's trackable in many ways. When you look at sentiment analysis volume on Twitter, search indexes on Google trends, right? You can see the volume of searches the humans looking to answer questions. And of course, blockchain, ta-da, we can see total transactions, see volume, we can see unique wallets. And I think somewhere in there, there's, there's something. So can you explain what you answered me before I was like, oh, we should build something. And you're always like, eh, should we? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think there's a lot that goes into this. Um, you know, there are many factors. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, well, one of the things I was looking at is the methodology for some of the uh, uh, crypto fear and index uh, or fear and greed indexes or indices, I should say, if I'm talking about multiple ones, I suppose. Uh, but looking at on-chain activity uh, and, you know, a lot of times what they're talking about is volatility. So not necessarily looking at, you know, whether activity is low for a particular day or if it's high for a particular day, but if there's a big change in, you know, over a day, over a couple of days, you know, that's saying that maybe people have become either too fearful, too greedy. And I think, you know, more than looking at, you know, I think a lot of the, it, like you said, may be just kind of people following what the market is doing anyway. I think it's really worth looking at when we're looking at the extreme sides of this. And that's that's what a lot of these these crypto indicators um stress as well. Not really looking at whether, you know, we're slightly bearish or slight, you know, slightly greedy, slightly uh <laughs> um slightly fearful, but looking more at those extremes and looking at people who are maybe overreacting to to how the market's performing or overreacting to certain news that's come out, whatever it may be, and suddenly uh, changing course of action. I think that's when we're looking at. Maybe that's the time to, you know, you know, to look at what's going on, obviously, but then maybe that is the time to enter or, or get out of a market. For sure. I mean, the adage of Warren Buffett, you know, be greedy when others are fearful, right, holds. Because when other people are fearful, that means there are discounts. And that, you know, is exactly what we were just talking about with our affordable projects. We're now switched and it's like, wait for this price to drop and go shop rather than like hide in a hole and then only buy when people are, you know, at a, at a state of hysteria and prices are driving up. So 
I think looking at this, uh, you did find this one from Origins NFT, and they have their fear integrate uh, fear greed index, volume volatility, active wallets, gas, social media, Google Trends, dominance, and they basically say that right now it's neutral. So I gotta be honest, <laughs> I kind of disagree. I, I would not, I would not classify what I see and what I feel in the market right now as as neutral. A forty nine in the scale of one to a hundred. What is your take? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that that surprised me where they were. It doesn't seem like extreme fear to me, but it does seem more fearful when I look at uh, activity. There's not a lot of activity. I am seeing a lot of WEF bids being accepted versus uh, straight out buys for, you know, for listing prices, but many more offers being accepted by, by sellers. Excuse me. Um, And I see also on things like art blocks. Uh, mints right now, definitely a little, they're taking a little bit longer for the price to, to drop. So that's different than a few weeks ago when, um, when they were selling out at higher prices, you know, obviously some of that's due to, due to the art, but I also think there are times when, you know, I use that a little bit as a, of a signal, it lists, um, of how eager people are to buy. Um, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of new projects coming out right now. So yeah, it seems a little surprising to me. It seems higher than I would have guessed. Yeah, and that comes down to waiting, right? We said all those factors, but the question is when you put it in there, what is the waiting and the the weighted value you ascribe all of those things? Because certainly it's not even. And also social media, you have to factor in sentiment. Just because people are talking a lot about it doesn't mean that it is a good talking about it. And you know, like, to look under the to look under the hood, I think there's a lot of calibrating that you'd have to do. And also like I would calibrate it by looking back dating at different things. Uh, however, you know, on the on the plus side right now, um, I found this interesting Doom dashboard that was like thrown out there around um, unique, just like unique wallets that traded in NFT weekly. And we are technically like, you know, if you were just throwing a dart today, it is higher uh, than it was a year ago in the same day, um, in the same week of of August. Um, by, you know, it's like 163,000 unique wallets. Like looking back a week, 163,000 unique each wallets have uh, traded at least one, F- one NFT. And if you look back, uh, only about, call it 130,000 did for this same week last, uh, last year. So year over year, there's just like, there's more users, right? Like that's, that's what I'm about looking at the users. So I would probably factor that in as well to this being like, look, are, are people still using this stuff? Uh, and then I think price for top projects, like I hear you on our box, but I think that the market is uniquely different than it was a year ago because there's just so much more supply. Think about how much more like <laughs> options there are out there to be like buying up different projects. And it's not the monopoly our box used to have with that focused attention. Oh, no, no. I don't think it's at all monopoly, but I think, you know, it, I, I definitely noticed differences over time and, yeah. and how quickly they, they mint out. And, you know, it's, it's not where it was a few weeks ago. Um, oh, okay. Even weeks ago, you're saying like, that's not enough. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you see some projects have been, you know, looking, <laughs> looking at some sales and findings, dealing with some issues with the OpenSea API. It's another story, but um, looking at some some uh, some projects that you know were that were minting out at you know over two ETH in July, and you know recent ones are dropping. But these are curated projects dropping you know under half an ETH. So big difference. Um, 
you know, and again, and there's some issues, there's some, uh, some differences due to what the art is, but of course it still seems like there's, well, I do see that when, when things are hot, there's definitely people that are willing to, to put some bots in to, to get more of those. And, you know, even that's a sign that things are, you know, they anticipate more of a, of a, of a um, seller's market after the mint, you know, and, and that's not what we're seeing right now. I think it's much more become much more of a buyer's market again. Like a bit of a, a very, very superficial take here for you is for me, like if we're in the like bordering on green over 50%, if we're in the like, let's say fear the greed index for 75, you know what I would see? I would see celebrities talking about their new purchases of like a board eight, I don't know, on a tonight show. I would see celebrities. I think that like ads are opening and shit, right? Like that's lead. like, when you see that, like, let's just all make the note and we'll put a pin in this podcast and say, warning, danger, Will Robinson, you are, you're playing at a, at a greed index. Cause we were there. I, I, I think you're right. And I mean, I'd love to see more detail on this and even looking at what, what the index is at over time, it would give me a little bit more meaning, um, of what a 49 means right now versus, you know, where was it two weeks ago, two months ago at different points. Um, I think it is important in some way to, to kind of set your own gauges to, to try to understand how hot the market is, because I, we've talked about how much of this, how much of the NFT market is you get caught up in what's going on and the, the emotions of it. And when it's going good, it's often easy to continue to think that it's going to just continue. And, you know, that is when you actually should be potentially selling, getting out of some projects, at least, you know, ones that, ones that you don't have quite as much conviction around long-term, you know, look at that as, look at those opportunities to sell and realize that, you know, these things do swing. It's a pendulum. It's not going to just keep going up. It's not going to continue being this, this greedy, uh, mentality in the market forever. Yeah. So my, my index is number of celebrities bragging about the overpriced JPEGs they bought. Is it more or less than five? <laughs> I'll fill my index on that. It'll be a very rudimentary index and I can, I can chart it over to. I think avatars, uh, celebrity avatars as NFTs would be a good one to track. How many people oh, are putting oh. ENS in there? <laughs> yeah. How many ENSs or how many, uh, how many Twitter graphics have changed or Instagram graphics have changed? I think we can come up with some like a uh, pretty funny one, but for now we're not building it. Not yet. We'll just, Give us your we'll look at this one and throw a shade on. We'll just throw a shade at this one. What are you looking at? How do you how do you gauge market sentiment? Come to our right. Discord. Let us know. Leave a yeah. review. All of these. Thank you. I agree. I completely go leave a review and um you know go go spam our uh, spam our discord with more awesome images from uh, mid journey maybe we'll pull it into a separate channel although i kind of enjoy it uh, and full disclosure we're going to steal some of those and just put them in our episodes now absolutely all right this has been an episode of the triple a nft podcast all about affordable nfts the episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. 
hope you learned something.